oh shit. My bad. I just totally stepped on Dig by getting Emily was away from the mic. It's bomb. It's all right. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, you good, man. I'm Evan. That's Uncle Dig singing that I just stepped on. Uh, We got a great episode for you this week. We talked last week about flour, ways to administer it and fucking all that fun stuff. The big three foot ass bong and Narcissa. This week, we're talking about edibles. We're talking about my favorite cannabis topic because that's what I do. I eat edibles. I'm a, you know, I could just do the math right now after I mute my fucking phone and tell you that I've got two of these boys in me, that's 200. And then right before the show, I dropped one of these boys, that's 150. So I'm rolling on about 350 milligrams already. The edible episode is an episode that I deeply into. And with that, I introduce Uncle Dig. I uh, don't do edibles as much. I reserve them for bedtime and when I'm in extreme pain, but I do appreciate them and they are a tool in my toolbox. But I do not consume edibles with the lustful gusto that Evan does. So I'm more of a smoker. In fact, this morning I've had 2.75 gram joints. Nice. What I like to call tray scrapings, which are when I take the whatever's left in my rolling tray, clean it up, and then roll it into joints. And then one um, uh, joint of Afghan auto flower from my personal grow indoor this last winter. That Afghan I keep hearing about, and I'm I'm looking forward to at some point getting a try of it. I would also like to know that this is by far. The best. That would be cool as fuck. Uh, by far the best, fastest, what we're smoking we've done. We nailed that shit within like three minutes to give us yeah. room to get to this awesome content, which is about edibles. Edibles. I don't know if I've had anything interesting to talk about this week. And in fact, the things that I find interesting, we're not going to talk about. So let's just move on to weed. Well, you know, no, I will say that we're getting, let's get into a little bit of history about edibles. Yeah. They're old too, just like smoking weed is old. Edibles are old too. Now, Before we get into modern day or even early modern day, i.e. Paris, France in the um, 1800s, let's talk about the original, uh, the originator of the name hash, right? The assassins, the assassins, the ancient cult. Um, And no one actually knows about their internal ceremonies. Everything that was written about the hashishens was written by their, the people who defeated them. So allegedly... (laughs) So, so keep that in mind, you know, like, who knows? The book just starts, these fucking losers. Right. <laughs> so apparently the master of this highly secretive order of assassins, um, he would take his young converts in and he would give them massive doses of, of hashish, edible hashish, and they would enter a euphoric state and he would take them into his, like, hilltop, paradise gardens and he's like this and more will be yours in heaven and then there were orgies and dancing and whatever and then and that's what you get to kill people and then you get to kill people and go to heaven and do that again look and then i've got some 1275 okay the order of assassins or simply the assassins were a nizari ismail sect of sorry ismail i can't guys i'm sorry i'm really (laughs) bad I'm really bad at Arabic. I'm going to try one more time. I, I, I didn't go to Iraq. I, I'm bad at this. al Naziri Ismaili sect of Shia Islam who lived between the mountains of Persia and Syria between 1090 and 1275. Mm. Okay? So that's the time frame we're talking about. Now, if we fast forward um, a little bit later, um, we get to... Now, if you want to check it out, there's a... One of my early episodes, I talked about this on the Bag Seed Chronicles, how the reason um, at least that we initially got um, cannabis in the West was due to Napoleon right. and his adventures in Egypt. Um, so 
Um, let me try to find the uh, the year. But in Paris, France. Right. <laughs> uh, hold on. I got. I had a flow and I lost it. Hold on. You're totally fine, man. Club the hashishes. There we go. I got the Wikipedia article pulled up. I had it up and then I had closed it. Like, okay, so in 1840s France, shortly after cannabis became available in Paris, um, due to a number of factors, including Napoleon's adventures in Egypt. Right? We call them adventures. They're not mm, before globalism. Now we're talking <laughs> imperialism. It's different. It's dirtier. It's grittier. It has more <laughs> malaria. Okay. So the club de, de hashishens, sometimes called the club de hashishens or club des hashishens. Um, club de hashishens. Ah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My one Paris France listener. I'm can, sorry. Can yeah. But anyway, back to the club de hashishens in Paris in 18. 40s right so it was the club was active from 1844 to 1849 mm. and some really interesting people were a member of this club charles baudelaire right okay. uh, no one knows who anyway alexander dumas right he wrote the three musketeers the Counts of monte cristo right and what they would do is they would um they would they would have like the intellectual elite and stuff of France and the literary elite come and do seances and and do yeah. weird stuff while they were eating these hashish bonbons that yeah. they were making. And I think they were activated not necessarily on purpose, but because they were cooking the hashish mm. into candy, they yeah. were inadvertently decarboxylating it during the cooking process. I want to say, yeah, if I remember, because there was one point I was looking into making weed chocolates and you've got the weed caramel thing. I, I know that making weed chocolates in general is kind of an involved process and that the temperature that weed melts at is higher, I believe, than the, the temp that weed decarbs at, which means that you could melt it and shit. So, yeah. Would you like to hear Gautier describe his first visit to the yes. Club de Hachassens? Instant, yes. Okay. One December evening, obeying a mysterious summons, Drafted in enigmatic, enigmatic terms, understood <laughs> by affiliates, but unintelligible for others. I arrived at a distant quarter, a sort of oasis of solitude in the middle of Paris that the river surrounding it with two arms seems to defend against the encroachments of civilization. Oh. It was an old house on the island of St. Louis, the Hotel Pimadon, built by Luzon, that the bizarre club of which I was a member recently held its monthly sittings where I was to attend for the first time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And um, so he go later when they talk about, he, he said, after a dozen experiments, <laughs> we gave up forever this intoxicating drug, not that it hurt us physically, but the true writer needs only his natural dreams. And he does not like his thoughts to be in influenced by any agent so Sir, this dude gonna, this dude went too deep is what happened <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna now i've got a hard disagree on the show with this 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 gentleman who you're quoting um as, as a professional writer who's been writing on his to make money and keep his family fed you know to varying degrees of success for for for, for many years now the uh, the only way to do certain types of writing is to be high if i had to sit and produce work sober i would get fired from every job i have i and, uh I, I, you know, okay, I would agree with you, but only if you include 
cigarettes as a drug. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got my smokes. Okay. Okay. Because, because when I was in the army, I did a lot of writing and it was a different kind of writing, but erotic Homer Simpson porn. Sorry. Yes. I that, bombed well, that. That was, that was my fan fiction. Right. I'm talking about professional writing, Evan. Ooh. God, <laughs> no, I wrote, I wrote in summaries for reports and stuff. It was yeah. a very specific type of military writing, right? But, but nicotine helps. Oh yeah. And, and it's, now I use cannabis now, but I find the act of smoking engages your <laughs> your uh, verbal synapses firing. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good for you. No, it's not good for you. It's good no, for your it's brain. good for your creative process. It's not good for your lungs. It'll kill you. It's killed every member of my family. It'll kill me. And in fact, we've had several segments on this show, and it's kind of cracking me up to think about. We've somehow become the extremely pro cigarette cannabis podcast well and I just, i'm like nicking forever so i always want <laughs> nicotine like that okay let me tell you something you know how these people tell you oh buddy you know eventually you'll stop wanting to smoke i can't even smoke a cigarette if i try i'll cough to death i have tried because i am not i don't have cigarette smokers mouth i can't do it i do but i want to god i want to i never stopped wanting it once you sorry, once you get that addiction it's in mm. you for now it gets it gets like easier to ignore and you can mm-hmm. feel it with other vices but it doesn't go away and it's like i don't want to make anybody think that smoking is good like i'm i'm totally a slave to even cannabis and to nicotine and shit like i spend too much money on it but i am saying like that's what i need to produce that's that's the only point i'm trying to get across now let's uh i managed to derail the show twice with my horse shit let's finish the club de hessians real yes. quick i love yes, the derailments please. the club de hessians one of the coolest things they would do is when you were a new, sometimes people were wearing masks. Sometimes the scenes in this place were freaky, right? Right. There'd be some dude in a lab coat in a corner taking notes. Right. He'd be stone cold sober the entire time, right? Trip sitter. Right, right. But no, he wouldn't interact with anybody. He would just oh, okay. sit there and take notes. They, No one even sure if he was actually taking notes or if he was just part of the weird experiment. He's just a performer. Right. And then... You'd go, the people would be sitting around the table and, and when you were given your candy, the person who gave you your candy would say, this will be deducted from your share in heaven. Uh, (laughs) I'm fucked, man. I'm going to have like, I'm going to have like a fucking double wide on a postage stamp side of land. If that's the case, (laughs) I was single wide, man. I'll be fucked. (laughs) And so, uh, so that set, that set the tone for the evening. And then slowly people would fall into fits of hysteria. Isn't that vibey? That's pretty fucking cool. And especially if they don't have the tolerance. And again, I'm just imagining this old school, this old brutal world in Paris and dudes are getting just incredibly stoned. Now that's their frame of reference. So this is the normal world to them. So I get the outside perspective of a spoiled ass dude living in 2020. But this all sounds very neat. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, when I was a young cannabis consumer, I often wanted to recreate this. Right. I wish I could like hire a hire like a really creepy looking cab driver for an evening and have him run around handing people like vague, like weird, like business card sized invitations and just with cryptic instructions. But then I realized like, it just gets really expensive to throw an eyes wide shut party, even a cheap yeah. one. And I was just thinking eyes wide shut. You end up in like the sunny episode though, where it's like a fucking orgy in an apartment in Philly. And it's like the dude. Yeah. Anyway, now I lost my train of thought. I derailed myself because I actually had something to add there. This Zen is really doing me good. That was an awesome ad, and I would like to get that that recipe at some point and maybe try it for the show. Now, is this a good time for me to bring in the bang thing? Are you done? I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, let's talk about Bong. 
All right, bong. See, I'm already getting shit wrong. I don't know shit about this besides what I've read. And I had to go in and do, unlike Dig, I'm a very surface level research guy. I go in and get the high, like interesting points and I move on because I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to hear myself talk and make you think I'm smart. And because of that, <laughs> um, edibles. You also have, add like production quality that that's uh, cannot be competed with. I've got that. I have the production quality. Yeah, that's, that's I'm a producing machine. I wrote this down directly. Edibles have roots in bong. And thank you for the correction, Dig Bong a drink that people on the Indian continent have been drinking forever in observance of festivals like, and I'm probably going to mangle both of these, Holy Holly and uh, whatever you say that, and Maha Siravati since like the 10th century. This is a drink that's interested me for a while because of course, anytime you get into weed, you're like, oh, how do the people will take it? Just like digging this French people. It's just something to be interested in. This is a drink. It's a drink almost like a milkshake or something. It's mixed. It's a mixture of like milk and fucking Indian cannabis, which grows wild and is crazy, I guess and rose water and then you can add clarified butter to make sweets out of it and shit but people sit around and they drink i was watching videos of it all morning this green looking beverage and they get stoned and they they appear to cover themselves in what look like color pigments and have a grand old time on weed and it's cool to think that they've been doing that shit since like the 10th century and apparently and i'm sorry i really hope that we have somebody who's knowledgeable about like indian culture and shit if i say anything wrong it's unintentional i hope i don't say anything wrong Apparently, weed is considered holy over there to the point that certain higher castes aren't technically allowed to get inebriated, like you're supposed to be above that, or they weren't in the past, but they've always been allowed to drink bong because it's a holy plant. And whenever the fucking uh, British colonizers came over and they fucking saw, they were actually taken aback by how, how, how the people on this continent enjoyed this stuff and how much they used it and liked it. They commissioned a report, and the dude who wrote the report came back and said, if you take this shit away from them, they're going to fucking hate you. And then you're not going to get any results out of them. And because of that bomb was allowed to continue even through the colonization of India. And that's, that's the big part of what I had. That's all my research crammed into a ball. I have, as, ball, I, rem if you will. as I remember, it's been a while. What isn't bomb consumed around one main festival Two, I believe <laughs> in modern India, as I understand it, cannabis is uh, legal status is iffy, but mm -hmm. No laws are enforced around drinking it during the bong drinking holiday, but I don't remember what that is. I'm sorry. It's there's 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 <coughs> I, I and again I'll mingle. It's either holy or holly. It's H O L I, and the okay. other one is Maha Shivarati. Um, are the two okay. I saw. Something okay. else I read, and this didn't make the notes, but I remember it is they had an act in the 80s. It seems like every country, every country in the 80s decided, hey, all inebriants are terrible. India passed some kind of law that made a lot of cannabis illegal. But the law made specifications that it could still bong could still be sold by like government licensed individuals, um, that it could still be made from leaves and that that cannabis still had to be able to grow wild. So because of that, sometimes the bong you're drinking now is made from like leaves, I guess, but they still get stoned off it. So good on them. So the listener may be asking, like, you know, I have this I've, I've gotten a lot of this uh, knowledge like rolling around in my head. Right. And they may be wondering in what books I'm reading, right? Like um, so the, the first cannabis book that I really fell in love with, that was really, uh, it, it's a tome for a cannabis book. It was written in August 14th, 2012. Wait, <laughs> it was of? written on a day? No, I'm sorry. It was, it was published on. Sorry, okay. guys. I'm, I'm stoned. I made a mistake. Love uh, me anyway. I totally wasn't being a dick. I was just like, well, <laughs> you wrote a whole book and it fit a passion. I could see Dude, somebody Yeah, he that. got really high. He, he drank some bong and then he sat down at his typewriter and then there it was. No, um, 
Martin A. Lee released this book in August 14th, 2012 called Smoke Signals, A Social History of Marijuana. I don't like the, I don't like marijuana, but it was 2012. We're going to let him get away with it. And then Medical, recre- Recreational, and Scientific. Okay. It is an excellent, excellent book. I highly recommend it. Some of the stuff in there may be outdated. Don't use it as your only source, no. but it is beautifully written. Um and timeless and the audiobook is a pleasure to listen to on a long road trip i highly recommend it the Super other cool. book <coughs> which is a little more recent i think it was released in 2016 that has a lot of good history and some pretty good uh recipes oh. is um just a few but there's a few interspec like he'll tell you what like what a a thing was and then he'll tell you how to make it at home so he'll be like these are like brownie mary's medicine brownies and he teaches right. you how to make those brownies that she was bringing to AIDS patients in the hospital right. um but um david beanenstock wrote this book called how to smoke pot properly and there's way <laughs> more information in there than just how to smoke pot there's a if there's a wide varieties of ways to consume and he takes a very highbrow connoisseur's approach to it oh, that's cool. i highly recommend those two books as a starting point if you really want to get granular in cannabis which it sounds like a really interesting lesson on shit and the, the recipes cannabis recipes are one thing like i can actually enjoy to <laughs> look at and read because i want to know how shit's made um i don't give a shit how like the cheesecake in front of me is made but if you give me a gummy i want to know what's going in it and what kind of plant and like how it's made in the fucking production process so that's cool oh and if you want to make the caramel um that i make uh there's is that a- from that no, it's from a Canadian YouTuber called Diamond Delight Edibles. Okay. She's like, she, just imagine you're like awesome stony aunt and that's who she is. Um, cool. And she, uh, she makes edibles in the video, I think was uh, how to make uh, uh, cannabis caramels and uh, cannabis butter caramel chocolate truffles. That was the video. Yeah. And I use the caramel from that recipe. She does another caramel recipe that's a little different. I don't like that one as much. Right. I, I've never made caramels. The closest I get to candy making is like gummies, and that's I'm kind of hot and cold at that. So that yeah, caramels are kind of an athletic thing. Like it feels right. And that's a lot of effort for somebody whose functional goal is just to get high. I'll just fucking take a dripper of green dragon and fucking wash it down. I don't give a shit. Well, honestly, there's certain things I make that I enjoy consuming, but it's also like so special to give someone a candy that you make because not many people make candy at home. Right. And when you make candy and you give someone candy, you're just I hope that you're like a magical grandpa and you're not like a creepy uncle. <laughs> I hope that I hope that. But, you know, it does have drugs in it anyway. Right. So, well, so make sure they know. And then well, yeah, nice. I always tell them like, well, it, OK, people, if Those I give you real. if I give you candy that's homemade, just assume it has weed in it. And unless I tell you it doesn't like I'm, I'm Uncle Dig, I, I have drugs. Right. I might give you candy that doesn't have it because I I have children and if I make regular weed candy and they fucking I'm not going to share my good candy with you. Well, that's the thing, right? You can't, and they know. And in fact, it, it, because I am an edible consumer, and there is always that risk. Like my kid's not going to accidentally light up a joint, but they might accidentally eat a candy. Like we've all had like in-depth training courses on what the little red pot plant in the corner means, and don't touch the oh, baggie that's in yeah, dad's yeah, thing. Yeah. But like, if they see the gummy making shit come out. You better bet that's another two hours of making non-activated gummies first. Oh, because yeah. Because if not, they're going to be up your ass. Oh, so. God. I didn't even think about that. Because when I was, because when I cook the, the the caramels, I don't even like, 
how like i don't even really know any like i I have like a nephew and like i have like two nephews but like i don't like know any children if that makes like i don't there's no children that are like in my house and if there are like i have to kind of run around and like cleaning up shooting them out well no i have to like little rapscallion no i have to like childrenify my home like i have to make sure that like the bong cabinets out of sight or like talk to their parents like do you care if they see like 20 bongs in a display case because i can put like some stuff over it stuff like that and like i have some like there's knives everywhere because i'm one of these vet bros that has to have like deadly weapons around me because i'm mentally weird and then just stuff you know because if you have an adult house it's good to like look around when kids are coming over and think how would if if i was a kid how would i hurt myself here and then you're like oh god i should probably you know you don't think about it because i don't have kids so there you go but edibles can definitely be the the kids thinking kids end up in the hospital so it's something on our oh they they fuck kids up dude you're a little person taking a dose that's made for a big person it's not even that their brains don't respond to it like adult brains because their brains aren't fully formed so their brains are like capable of like way like they go places. It's bad when kids get a hold of edibles, bro. Like yeah, I've never seen it personally, but let's just say we all have that friend, right? right. And someone got a hold of an edible and it sounded like an absolute uh, nightmare. I had a dog get into my suitcase once of a friend. Wow, yeah, I heard about terrible. that. That yeah. was fucking dude. I was like laying on the floor with that dog all night. I was worried, but she came out okay. Um, so edibles can be scary, but they can also be good. They can also well, be they're fine thing. for you. If no, right. you can eat as many as you want, and you'll be fine. I know it might not feel. Listen, I know it might not feel like it's gonna be fine, but it's gonna be fine. You can't overdose on weed. You're not gonna be the first. We've all thought we were gonna be the first. I was doing bong rips, and I ate a month outside, and thought I merged with it spiritually. Oh man! But you know what? I survived. That's the highest I've ever been on cannabis. Was I on mushrooms? No, I was on weed. You I was on high. Yeah, but guys, I was fine. My, my throat was dry the next day, but I was fine. Suspicious. Gay joke. All right. We got the smoking thing and the gay joke in now. It's an episode. Ah, the white the white stuff on the edge of my mouth was from mm. the moth wings. Touche. Touche. It's dust, buddy. Not, not dust. Dust. Yeah. There's a little bit of a gap in my research, and this is something I bet if I dug, I could find out. Obviously, like you said, activated cannabis, whether it's been activated edible cannabis, whether they did it intentionally or it was just kind of a process of the make has been around forever. Right. Um, in the U.S., the first, and we're, we're getting into things that I'll probably mispronounce and get wrong. There's another ancient weed, and it's an actual edible, not drinkable concoction, called, and I'm looking for it here. Oh, my Lord, Evan. Majun, I believe is how you pronounce it. And that is an inactive, you just mash up weed in a ball with some shit, and you eat it. Like, not literal shit, like roses and, like, foodstuffs. And you oh, I've heard that. People have tried to tell me I should make that, and I told them, mm-hmm. fuck off. It seems wasteful, especially because you're not activating it. But at one point, no, it just also seems like very like, how am I going to there's certain it seems very OK, I'm going to I'm OK, guys, I am a I'm a loud, sloppy American. If you put me in an anime as the American character, it wouldn't be that far <laughs> of a stretch. But in that way, I, there's certain things I'm incapable of appreciating. Right. And 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 Majum is one of them. I'm Go fuck that. your. That's so extra. 
I'm, Sorry. I'm, if you like it, no, you're fine. That's great. I, I, I don't I, want it. I don't want I would, it. I would try me. it. I would try it one time to see if it got me high and shit. I suspect with my tolerance, uh, it won't. But the interesting thing is that's how edible weed apparently started in the U.S. And this, this is from Wikipedia. And of course, getting a first on anything is 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 probably hard. But this claims that the first edible cannabis recipe in the U.S came in the 1960s from a cookbook called the Alice T. Toklas cookbook. There's a whole oh, story behind I've this. Heard that. that whole story where like, of, yeah, she, she was sick and she needed to sell a cookbook to make money. And her friends actually included this weed, this quote unquote hash brownie recipe in the cookbook. And yeah. you know, who knows if that's an acronym or if it's true, but what it comes down to is that is how edible weed came about. And then here's where my gap in research shows up at some point, And this could be around the time that, you know, edible Mary, whatever, Brownie Mary or whatever her name is shows up at some point we figure out that, you need to heat that weed up in order to eat it. You got to cook it. And I'm going to look up the temp. This is something I should know. Man, there's going to be a lot of research cuts on this one. Dude, did you, did you, I can talk about Brownie Mary, dude. Well, that's, that's, I, I would like to talk about Brownie Mary, but I would also like to know, is she the person who brought the idea of the activated Brownie to us? Um, I'm not sure. I know she's the person who brought the idea of fuck the police. I'm going to do it anyway. Right. To to the movement in a really aggressive way. Listen, she literally, this was all illegal when she was doing the most of it. And she very would, illegal. She was openly bringing AIDS patients in the San Francisco hospital weed brownies right. to like give them um, palliative care. I think that's the term for it. Give um, them an appetite. Like make them feel a little bit better. Yeah. And like, it, it does help a little bit, but it, I mean, it's not going to, it wasn't going to save you from AIDS in the nineties, but right. it would help you eat, help you live a little bit longer. All, I mean, cannabis is so amazing. It can do, it can do so many things for so many different people. Right. But one of the things it can do is it can give you an appetite. If your appetite is suppressed. Yes. And that's a big deal for people who are uh, undergoing long, medical intervention right because it starts to become like it's on its own medical problem that you can't or won't eat right if that makes sense no that that absolutely makes sense and that's if you can't they even make special uh, you know I, everybody cracks wise about this when they hear it, and it is funny but there are like special cannabis suppositories you can get that typically the colon itself can't process cannabis you have to make it a special way but you can make a special weed suppository that actually gets you out you could stick it up your butt uh, for people who can't eat or you know because of throat cancer jaw cancer and shit um so yeah i yeah i lost my train of thought that's beautiful yeah there's um there's 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 all kinds of ways they even make um i haven't seen them in a while but they're for a while um they were making like dissolving like strips so you know like yeah, you get a, like a like you get a breath mint strip and it would mint, but it'd be like, that'd be weed. Right. Those yeah, sublingual. Those are cool, but they're also to, grody and they, they have a weird texture. That's how I used to get my Suboxone too. Oh, okay. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I would like to know about the, the activation thing just because it obviously makes a difference. And it makes me wonder how hard that bong is going to hit. If I try it, if I ever get around to trying some of that Mujun brick crap, I want to know, is it going to get me high? I don't know. I, I've never done an edible that wasn't activated. That sounds like a fun experiment. It does if you have the kind of weed. Because that, that's something, and I had this at the end of the outline, but this is a good segue into it. The, the edibles, if they have a problem, it's bioavailability. Uh, when you smoke weed, and I'm just going to pull this chart that I found. 
when you smoke weed, let's, let's go down a little deeper. Bioavailability is literally how well your body can take in the drug that you're taking. Some things increase bioavailability and so on. Whenever you're smoking weed, you get, and it says between two and 56%. Chances are, if you get a good inhale, you're going to be on the high range of that. Let's say like 30 to 56% bioavailability. Um, the same cannabis, if you take it, you activate it and you eat it, your body's only going to process 13 to 19% of it. Meaning that an edible high takes more cannabis to get you high. It's probably going to fuck your tolerance up faster. And on top of that, it's going to cost you more because it takes more plant per administration to get you stoned. Oh, maybe that's why I like smoking. I'm a cheapskate. Maybe. <laughs> But now the problem with me, and I mean, it is a little bit of a trap because I've got to, I've got to have my thousand milligrams a day, man, is, is like the smoking high for me just ain't enough anymore. And like the edible high is pretty cool, but like, I, you got to have the two together and it's kind of a trap with edibles, like straight up. I love edibles. They're what keep me from being anxious and keep my walls from being brown from me smoking weed constantly. Cause I would literally constantly be smoking weed if not for edibles. You'll, They're great, but you'll see me hit this bong a couple times every show. Right. or whatever um and whatever but like i there's certain kinds of weed highs that are incredibly strong that i don't want to not be incredibly strong whenever i hit a dab i want it to fucking bro oh god I right so i don't do dabs very often i have you know um oil vapes and i have like a rig or whatever mm-hmm. but i only I, if i use it at all I, don't, I like to use it at night before i go to bed and really really get whoa before i go to sleep right. but if i do it all day then i don't i don't get that in, intense medical benefit off of it no that's that's fair and that's where i'm at i'm definitely more on like the maintenance end of it now because of the and edibles that's and though so on edibles the only time i really go deep with edibles is when i'm cooking them and you'll understand why <laughs> Because I'm tasting like when I when I'm making the caramels, well, I've got all this dried caramel on the spoon. I'm not gonna right. not gonna not dried, congealed, you know, when yeah, it cools you. and it and it hardens into mm. the candy because it comes out molten and right. then it sticks to everything. And then I've got pieces of caramel all over my equipment. I'm like, I'm not gonna take the caramel off the thermometer and throw it in the trash. That's going in my mouth. Right. The caramel on the spoon's going in my mouth. Now we're already at like three caramels worth. Do I dose these at all? No, I have no idea how much weed's in them. So a lot though, usually there. I use I I I call them medium strength. Don't if I call anything medium strength and you're a newbie, don't take it from me, idiot. Okay. Like just don't like Evan might they might not touch Evan at all, but if you're a newbie, they'll send you on fucking cloud nine. You'll be like listening to like Planet Z bouncing in your head, like right. what the fuck, bro? But like anyway. But anyway, so I'll get really high like after I'm done cooking edibles on edibles during the day because it's my it's my edibles treat day. So I'm going to get bedtime high at two. Yeah. And then usually after that happens, I end up taking like a nap while the edibles like cool. And then I get up from my nap and cut them. So <laughs> it's a whole process with weed, especially when you're producing your own anything. Well, right. And that, and yeah, but I get it. You're kind of doing the food version, the edible weed version of finger hash, glove hash. Yeah, yeah. You're getting it all together. This provides an interesting segue. Uh, Whenever you make yours, do you try to do like turp preservation or are you making like distillate at home? Okay, no, I use butter, bro. Butter, okay. So I like 
certain okay certain weeds mm. complement culinary flavors okay so so like some weed when you grind it up and you activate it and you mix it into butter or whatever mm-hmm. it has a certain smell that it imparts to the butter right so so there is some tart preservation there right now if i'm making caramels i think i'm destroying the a lot of the terps and here's why when you're making and when you're making caramel you're melting brown sugar and sugar into the butter and the evaporated i think sorry sweet condensed milk right so it's all becoming a melted molten sugary mass so when by the time i'm eating these caramels i'm not tasting a lot of weed they're very they don't so here's another thing you can get yourself into trouble eating my caramels because they don't taste like they have as much THC in them as they do. <laughs> because I've, because part of the reason why I like making these caramels and I go through the fucking horrible stirring experience of stirring this molten candy for 30 minutes is because at the end of it, I have an edible that doesn't have that grody ass burnt weed taste. Okay, fair. Do you understand what I'm saying? I get so sweet. It either covers it up or whatever, but I get, I get a really good, clean, hard hitting edible high off of those, which is what you're after. Of course. Right. And I, that, and I always use Indica's. I don't know if that matters, but I'm, I use Indica's because there's a specific Indica. I like to cook with Mm. their Jaeger. My, 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 uh, I, that my, uh, my friend Roland smokes gives me. Right. And then also um, a lot of like deep, like um, piney indicas and okay. minty indicas are really good for making edibles, I think. Right. But because some of the skunky, listen, I love smoking skunk, guys. I love no. it. No. No, I love it. I love it. I love real a big old fucking skunky joint. Let's mm. smell. Let's smell like the forest, brother, and not the good part. But you know what? I don't want to eat that shit. No. Yeah, no, okay? I don't want to either. I love smoking it, guys. I love smoking. I love, I will smell. You'll you'll smell me coming to a place if I'm a happy camper. And you'll be like, oh, God, you run over a skunk. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And you'll be like, oh, God, fucking God damn it. But you know what? I don't, eat, I don't like eating that shit. I don't like my edibles to taste like that. I've heard that it doesn't, once you get to the point that you're eating edibles, it doesn't matter that indica versus sativa doesn't matter and strain doesn't matter. But then I've also heard that, and I do this personally, if you try to preserve terps by my, my, my jank way is to put it in a Mason jar when I decarb um, that, that it makes the buzz difference. And I, I'll go as far as to say, and I don't know if this is like a psychological trick that I've, I've conditioned myself to, or it's an actual thing, but like I've said many times before, distillate edibles, get me high and fucking full spectrum, which quote unquote, have the terps in them and have the terps preserved tend to make me anxious and shitty and they don't tend to hit as hard. So I don't, I don't know, know exactly where the truth is on that. I don't know. I, I do don't. Know- I don't know either. I I I am selecting these indica strains because of the way they taste. Right. Because they do imp- look. Listen, if you're if you're making, I don't clarify my butter. Okay. There's still fat in there. I need that fat <laughs> for the weed to bind to. Right. To make the caramels a certain consistency. If I if I clarify that butter, it's gonna do weird shit. The caramel, then it's gonna taste like a weird synthetic candy. You like. Mike, like, listen, don't clarify your butter if you're going to make candy, unless the recipe specifically calls for it. And some of them do. And that's the other thing with candy. Folks, do not fuck around 
and try to improvise with candy. No. It will. It is napalm coming out of that pot. Yep. That's caramel, Listen, gummies, all of it. Dude, when it come, when it's done and you got to cool it, it is so molten hot, it'll stick to you like hot gravy. Yeah. You can't get it off. You have to wait for it to cool on you and finish burning you. It's, it hurts. Don't. Be, please be careful. Anything, anytime you're cooking, you should be careful, but you should especially be careful making candy. Right. And doing any any kind of, you know, solvent stuff. Yes, that's where I was going. Uh, if you're doing alcohol extractions at home, which I do want to get into for a minute, don't, don't just don't do alcohol extractions at home first. Just don't, just don't do it. Yeah, but if, don't. You're, if you're going to do it, you need fans. You need a window. You need to do as much you as you need can to know. No, you need to do it outside. Right. And you need fans. And you need a double boiler. And you need gloves. And you need eye protection. Listen, I've I was talking about this on the Bagsy Chronicles when I was interviewing uh, a local here, uh, Higher Peaks uh, four twenty from uh, from uh, Oregon Rooted. Okay. He was talking. We've both blown up glass. Oh shit. Um, doing dumbass shit um, with different kinds of concentrate. I had some RSO cooling in one, mm. and it blew up. Oh shit! Because it, it it was winter and it was cold, and then I poured this hot hot RSO into it. It was Pyrex, but it didn't matter. It was too quick a temperature change, right. and it went boom, and, and, it, and it just shattered. And the same thing happened to him in his room, his back room. Like so, like different different thing, but same right. kind of thing as the glass exploded. From temperature change. Um, Otherwise, so you get alcohol fumes in the air. That can cause a different kind of back explosion. Back then, as I remember correctly, BHO was 60 to $80 a gram. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. And RSO was anywhere from $80 to $100 a syringe. Jesus so, Christ. So listen to me, kids. When I was doing this, I could not afford to buy the stuff. Right. It was cheaper for me to have a use my box fan from my dry room, get cobble together a double boiler, buy a dedicated burner that was a plug-in that I could plug into my back port and fucking make this shit for the cancer patient who asked me asked me about it. Like I was right. literally making I of course I ate some. I wanted to get yeah, fucking yeah. high. I ended up falling asleep. I didn't get high, I just fell the fuck asleep. I just fell right, out. So has that effect. But um, I get I you know, and then she's still alive. So maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. Who knows? But um, um, it's now like twenty dollars a syringe. So I'm not gonna go out in my backyard and like sit there and do. I don't know what's I don't know what the statute of limitations on that shit, but I'm pretty sure that shit's not legal. And um, <laughs> um and 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 uh, and it's dangerous, right? Now, what I was doing, I'm probably not going to burn down the whole neighborhood who caused an explosion, probably. Alcohol. But if, but if I, but if I, I mean, and I was using rubbing alcohol, bro. Oh, that's a shitty fucking idea. Bro, listen. Rookie mistakes. I did the same thing making uh, jello gummies. Oh, no. Well, this is, this is just making straight RSO. Mm. You should find a cleaner, better solvent. This was, this was, I, this was a while ago. Mm. I wouldn't recommend doing it. You, it's doable, but like honestly, with the price of everything, you're if you're and if you're in a legal state, um, it's just much safer and much cheaper these days because it's only $20, $30 for a syringe RSO now, right. isn't it? Yeah, that's it's cheap as fuck. You can buy it, just buy it. 
don't go in your back because you don't get that much. No, I got I got two syringes off a run. I had to do this. A full course of RSO is like a stack of syringes. Right. And it's, it's, that's what I was going on about earlier with the amount of weed that you have to get to get like a medical benefit. Like, Oh, it's a cool, it's every run. You're, you're talking like a ball of weed, like this big, like one or two ounces. It ain't much. And then, and I'm just turning off the camera and petting my so much like guys, like two ounces is a fuckload of weed to just ball up into an edible. It's that's why people don't want to experiment too. That's why I didn't want to start making it for a while because it's not as good. But like what you said earlier about living in a legal state, that's something I'm glad to see people are coming around on. That's a good point I wanted to bring up. Now there was a time in, in cannabis, you will definitely find kind of a sanctimonious attitude about dispensaries and dispensary products and shit. Like, yeah, that dispo weed's good, but you know, you should always be smoking your own, making it's your own. It's RSO killer. It's right, RSO. Right. It doesn't matter if it's got, listen, I use trim. I've used trim to make right. RSO. Like go no, fuck, listen. Yeah, fuck no. Just go buy the shit at the store. It's the same but shit. Go to the store, it costs less, and you're taking advantage of those economies of scale. Like, I do not think that I could produce edibles at my house. Now I can would... grow, yes, you can grow better weed than you can buy at the dispensary. But from but a that, from a cost like effort right, perspective. Right. But that does not mean that that better weed translates into better RSO. No. Because the RSO is strip. Like, yes, technically RSO is like full spectrum, but you're burning off so much in the process. It's not really like full, full spectrum. So like, honestly, like just go buy the shit. Stop being, just go buy RSO. I might go get a syringe of that today. Now that we've had this conversation, I want to see how it helps with me, but I've also had a high amount of distillate today. So we'll find out. We'll find out how that goes. Fuck. I lost my train of thought, dude. We were talking about caramels and then we were talking about, uh, well, I'm gone too. Fuck. It's good. We can use this as a transition and a cut point and we'll talk about making them at home a little bit more. I would like to talk about what you can do with weed that you've made at home, which you shouldn't make at home. And I've talked about this before in the growing weed up or the, the making weed episode. Probably one of my favorite things in the world is a hippie speedball. If we're talking about edibles, I'm going to come right out with that. That's why I like a Zen, whatever they put in it, caffeine or whatever, it gets you high. It lets you fucking go about your day be happy. If you want a really good recipe that will really fuck you up and actually help you out at home, here's what you do. You make some green dragon. And first, like I said, don't make green dragon. But if you do make green dragon, all you have to do is fill a bowl up with sugar. You pour your green, green dragon over the top of the sugar until it's like just, there's a, there's a very thin layer of liquid over the top of the sugar. You cover it somehow, put like a filter over it so bugs can't get in. You take it outside. Or if you're a dumbass like me, you have a fan blowing on it and blowing out your window in a room where there's not going to be any open flame. And in about two days, you're going to get a bowl full of this green sugar shit that you can put in a cup of coffee, and it will absolutely kick your day off the right way. Okay. You know, I'm not usually into edibles, but that sounds intriguing. Now let me let me, let me me say something. Well, fuck. <laughs> It's gone. It just left. It's Marijuana. the thought. It was a, uh, we're talking about edibles. Well, keep talking edible. I'm going to try to find that Evan edible. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, oh, you got it? No. Well, if you don't want to go the dangerous ass weed sugar route. I know oh, the dark. yeah, it. I got okay. it. Go for it. Um, The easiest thing as far as like making edibles, let's say you don't want to do that shit mm. and you don't want to be like some weird, like, like teenage mutant ninja turtles brewing like some weird <laughs> shit. 
Shield or whatever the fuck Evan's doing, tweaking in his backyard, like, you know, just trying. It looks like meth in my coffee, whatever he's got to do. But um, it's green sugar. Thank you. It's not blue or pink. Okay. <laughs> no, but um, you can just infuse um, coconut oil. Right. The easiest infusion I think I've ever done. You take like a, an oven safe container and you put the oil in there and you throw like um, activated weed in there and then right. you let it sit in there for a while and then you strain it and then bada bing, bada boom. Takes a while because you got to decarboxylate it and then throw it in the container of oil. But once you've got that, you've got something you can throw in your fridge and it's near shelf stable for like a while. You can have it in your fridge for like three months. You put a little of this in your coffee, like you said, you can right. put it in whatever. You could eat it if you want to. I don't like the taste, but you can take a little spoonful of that, whatever. And then there you go. You don't have to, if you want to make it at home and be a little priss boy about it, that's the right. easiest way to do it. That does sound pretty compelling and a lot less dangerous. And they do say that oil-based uh, extractions and stuff and cold extractions are way better than alcohol. Now, there just, are better ways to do a coconut oil extraction, but that's an easy way. And there, there's something about it. One of those oils it doesn't bind well with, but you can add some kind of binding agent to it, lecithin, I think. It might not be coconut yeah, oil. Yeah, soy lecithin or sunflower lecithin. Fuck, I said it once. Dimestation lecithin. Lecithin. Fuck. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Right, right. I, how do I say it with soy lecithin? How lecithin. do I say it with sunflower lecithin? God damn it. I don't even know how it's pronounced. I just, yeah. But you, you, you can apparently make the weed bind better that way if you are doing the home chef thing. Yeah. Some uh, people put it in butter. Like they act right. when they're making butter, they use the lecithin to help it bind. That's yeah. It binds with the fat, I believe. Uh, now that you say that it, it, this conversation has got me thinking too. Like at this point, if you're making weed at home, unless you have access to like massive troves of flour that you've homegrown and shit, outdoor. it's probably more of a hobby thing. Yeah. You got an outdoor plant. Outdoor. So I outdoor know. plants yield a pound each in 30 gallon. Fuck man. Yeah. You can what? make edibles every week. If you grow in a 30 gallon smart pot. Yeah. Now that makes me wonder, I, I, cause I, I would like to convince myself to just go into the dispo and buy edibles as the bag way. of soil, put it in the smart pot. Sorry. I, I get, I want, I, we need to write a song just about how to grow weed. I don't know if I agree with that, but yeah, I, I support your, I support your endeavor. I'll, I'll, I'll share it on the Insta. I don't like songs. I can't write songs. I don't, I, I don't know if I'd call that a song. So it's like, I don't know, grow weed at home. It's awesome. And you'll end up with piles of it. You'll be like, Oh my God, I didn't know it grew like this. Or, or it might not go well for you. Other people have disasters. And we've talked right. about that. Oh, I got those too. Yeah. I would just like to find the happy medium between being stoned on edibles all fucking day and not having to pay for it as much. I know I have to pay some. I told it, you, free. listen, what's your plant count in Oklahoma on medical? You can grow six, right? Right. So you put six 30 gallon smart pots or whatever gallon you want. You start the plants in April. I start mine in April 1st and they're fucking massive. So you can right. probably start them later. And then you're going to have like six foot tall plants by the time they're chopped. And each one will have anywhere from a quarter of a pound to a pound and a half on it, depending on genetics, your growing skill and how hard the bugs fucked you in the ass. 
I worry about bugs out here, but apparently they're bad. And like the weather swings and shit. I, I might. Oh my god, it was 122 degrees outside in parts of my right. town yesterday. Fuck. It was fucking horrible. We've only hit like 116 today. It's a the plants loved it. Oh, did they? You think? Okay, yeah. Do the heat doesn't stress them? Well, yes. Well, here's the thing. My plants, I I select um, plants that are supposedly good growing outdoors. I've had I've had some other plants that. They told me not to grow outdoors and I did anyway. It didn't <laughs> go so well. So um, I try to try to look for plants that I think will do good outdoors. And I did a really good job this year, I think, picking my starts, like my, my um my my seedlings, and I'm I'm having a really good year. They're very awesome. tall. My uh, tallest plant was six feet eight Jesus inches, eight Christ. inches tall uh, as of what is it today? So so it was two days ago, seven. 28 it was six feet eight inches tall that's the northern lights from i'll go ahead and give them a free plug yeah, give them a shout out i love growing marijuana that's what they're called that's the site the website i love growing marijuana it's called i l i l g m dot com or something i l g m i'm gonna put this on quick pause so i can go get a drink i got dry mouth okay right back. two seconds Vamp. Back to a little music with my dude. Okay, anyway. That was pretty chill. I thought Thanks. I heard it. And I was actually, I, I thought I heard something and I was getting ready to yell at my kids. Turn that butt fucking TV down, you little. <laughs> and it turns Don't out. Don't yell at your kids if they're listening to Swamp Blues Harmonica. Let them play. Yeah. Someone needs to listen to that shit. Yeah, if I could divert a writable episode for one tiny little totally non-weed diversion, I will tell you, I don't yell at my kids about anything they watch. Like, obviously, you know, they, they I monitor them and make sure that it's nothing bad, but I'm pretty liberal. Like, if my kids come in tomorrow and say, I want to watch Evil Dead 2, whatever, watch Evil Dead 2. But my son, he listens to these one video memes on YouTube, and oh, I don't know I don't know what they find about this amusing, and this is totally old man getting mad at cloud shit. Something these kids find very funny is this one like clip sound effect of a guy with the volume turned up like 600% going blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I can hear this noise Sorry. in my head. No, you're fine, dude. I can hear this noise in my head. I, my, my son's room is all the way across the house from me. And I'll be sitting here sometimes with my headphones on writing. And even then I will hear that. Bah, bah, bah. And at that point, buddy, it's not blues harmonica. It's I'm going to fucking throw that thing in the yard. If you fucking make me hear that noise again. So yeah, that's my story. You should sample the noise and play it here. I don't know if I could bring myself to taint my show with the, the fucking that, that sound. Don't touch Elmo. So um, we're doing Sesame Street impressions right now. now. So I'm, I'm doing it. So who's your favorite Sesame Street character? Zen Cannabis. I'm Zen Cannabis. Yeah. I like I like Oscar the Grouch because I watched that shit in so long. Man. I haven't either, so we're basing this on Sesame Street from thirty years ago. Holy PBS fuck. doesn't even make Sesame Street anymore. It's on HBO now. What in the holy fuck? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I don't know if it's like simulcast, but yeah, it's definitely on HBO, and like it's got like big production values and shit now. Which well, whatever. Been... What? Wow. Okay. Well, neat. 
Yeah, no, no. Welcome to our Sesame Street podcast. Uh, with that, I did also at the end want to bring up some good distillate edible brands because I do primarily eat distillate edibles. I was going to list some full spectrum edible brands and I can't tell you one, Nature's Key. They recently went from spectrum to, to or distillate to full spectrum and I've not been able to get them as much down here because of that and because of metric and stuff, but that, that's a good brand and one you can trust. Uh, beyond that, the one I just brought up and the reason I was joking with Dig with the Sesame Street question, these guys, if you're in Oklahoma, in my book, not the best dollar for dollar because it costs a little bit more than other ones. But as far as like a quality high, quality for the money high, this Zen right here, the 150 is the way to go. They adulterate that shit. I know they do because it hits different than any other gummy that I have. I think they must like, actually, you know what? Here, let's look at this. Let's look at the ingredients. Corn syrup, sugar, gelatin, citric acid, cannabis extract, potassium sorbate. Okay, maybe not. I, I do not agree with Kevin's accusations because I have never eaten a Zen gummy. So I do not know. They're good. Now, if I when when one fine day I come back to Oklahoma, back because I have roots there actually, <laughs> um, not like my grandparents are from there, um, but like um, I uh, I will get my my Oregon card transferred right. to the Oklahoma card, and then I too will be able to talk shit about gummies. Oh, dude, the Zen gummies definitely it's so good. They make cookies and they're 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 okay. They're not quite as good. They make chocolates that are almost as good as that Zen. And it's specifically because they have, and this is what makes me think they're adulterated. I'm totally not trying to slander and say they're like putting heroin in this shit or whatever, but they have a fucking hybrid mix, which is what I like. They have an indica mix, they have a sativa mix, and this is the only one that hits me right. And it has done it for I've had my weed card for almost two years now, and every single time this one hits right. So for what it's worth, if you want a good gummy brand, and I'm not advertising, I would love if Zen would pay me to say this. This is what you want. I'm going to cut that now. Give us $200. Give us but $200. Speaking of, speaking of all that, I think it's time for me to go get another Dr. Pepper. <laughs>